Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in Lesueur, Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. when the kids are singing. I just love hearing them sing. I, I love getting to uh, you know, see them like, like waving palm branches around and poking each other in the eye and everything else. I just, I, I, I love it. You know, I love watching them like walk around waving palm branches, intentionally trying to like hit you, but not like too hard, just hard enough to know that, you know, they know, you know, like, you know, they know, they got you, and, and I just love seeing it. They're just, it's just great. And I especially love hearing them memorizing scripture, even, uh, you know, as, it's, as they're singing it in songs about, you know, John eleven twenty five, 25, that they know, that they know that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. And that's how they're going to end up living forever. It's that, it's that real long-term faith and the seeds of place, faith that are planted. And uh, sometimes you know, and sometimes you don't know. And Jesus knows, like Jesus knows stuff. I mean, like I don't know stuff like Jesus knows. As a matter of fact, as a matter, I don't have a tendency to really think that I even like know all that much when you think about like all of the knowledge that's in the world. And then you realize that there are, there are people in your life that know things that you don't even realize they know. And so I was sitting with a Pastor Nick, and, um, and, and, I was, you know, and we were talking about stuff, and all of a sudden, you know, like, he is just spouting off all of this knowledge about jazz musicians. And I'm like, and I, I, know, I know Nick really well. We've been to a lot of concerts, most of them rock and roll concerts. I, I had no idea. I had no idea that when he changed offices over to New Prague, that his musical changes, you know, happened along with it. And so he's doing a deep dive into jazz right now. And so as we were, you know, as a few of us were hanging out at a trivia night, he was like raffling, you know, just like getting all of these trivia questions about jazz musicians right. I'm like, how'd you know that? He's like, I don't know. I just know, you know, you know, and I'm like, no, I don't know. I don't know anything about jazz. I know it all. I, I think about you know. I think about Becca, and um, and the, I don't know if you know this. You may not know, but Becca knows plants. Like she knows plants really well, and so she'll like look at. Our, she'll come over to the house, and she'll look at our plants, and she'll see what I'm, what I'm doing to our plants, <laughs> or not doing to them. <laughs> And the effects of what's happening when I'm not doing anything to these plants, and they're, you know, and they're like, got like brown on the edges, and she knows what that means. And I just thought it meant that there were bad plants. <laughs> and she knows how to fix plants when they're, when they're not doing well. I know a different way to fix plants. You see, when plants in my house aren't doing well and I'm not doing well with them, I take that plant. 
and I throw it in the trash, and I go buy a new plant, and I say, problem solved for a little while until I kill it again. You see, some things you know. Some things you're painfully aware you don't know. Jesus, Jesus knows. Jesus knows. Jesus knows you. Like very personally, intimately, Jesus knows you. And he loves you deeply. And, it, and as we celebrate Palm Sunday today, we come face to face with like Jesus just knows. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Luke. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 28. This is like the, you know, kind of like the the standard thing on a Palm Sunday. And like Christmas, you can basically count on the fact that I'm going to you know, talk to you about Jesus being born. born. Okay. Now, either everybody is not paying attention <laughs> or maybe you just weren't aware of some of the rules of engagement around here. Hey, I love you. This works best when it's a dialogue. So, you know, if I ask you a question that you know is not sarcastic or, you know, too personal, feel free, shout out an answer. So on Christmas, you know, when I'm preaching, the normal thing to, for me to preach about or talk about is that Jesus was born. born. Excellent. That's good. Now all of everybody who's joining us on our online campus can hear that you know too. And I hope on the online campus, don't be just sitting there looking at your TV, you know, waiting for everybody else to give the answer and then you answer in afterwards. Come on, you get it. You know, and, we're, and, and next week is Easter. And so I'm going to be talking about Jesus, Jesus was resurrection. That's right. Jesus was raised again to new life. You know, in between Palm Sunday and Easter, that's the hard part. On Thursday, we're going to celebrate communion and we're going to talk about the last supper of Jesus and how Jesus offers himself to us. And then on Good Friday... On Good Friday, we're going to talk about the suffering and death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then on Easter, we talk about the resurrection. You see, if you, if you don't take part in the midweek stuff, it'd be really easy to go from, it'd be really easy to go from Palm Sunday, which is all like, woo! King Jesus, save us! You know, that's, that's basically what they were saying in Hebrew, okay? They were saying, King Jesus, save us! It's really easy to go from Palm Sunday to He is risen. But if we go, from, if we go straight from Palm Sunday to Easter, we miss the suffering and death for us of Jesus Christ. And so today, as we hop into Luke, we're hopping into this great text as we celebrate King Jesus. And we, get, we come face to face with how much Jesus knows. Luke 19, starting in verse 28, reading in Jesus' name because it's God's word, not mine. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem 
you always go up to Jerusalem because it's kind of on the top of a you know, mountain or a hill. And so it doesn't matter which direction, north, south, east, west, you're coming up. You always go up to Jerusalem. And when he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, guess why? Because there's a whole bunch of olive trees around there. So he sent two disciples saying, go into the village in front of you where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it, bring it here. And if anyone asks you, and they will, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and they found it just as he told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said, why are you untying that colt? And they said, the Lord had its need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all of the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered, I'll tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near, he saw the city of Jerusalem. He wept over it. Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground you and your children with you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Here ends the reading of God's word. Jesus just knows stuff. I, I'm assuming that by this time, because Palm Sunday, remember, this is like, you know, just less, this just days before Jesus would be betrayed and suffer and crucified and raise again. This is just days before. I figure after about three years of the disciples following Jesus around, they're finally getting very familiar with Jesus and just realizing, oh, Jesus knows stuff. You know, he just knows. And if you go all the way back to the beginning, you're like, you know, Jesus meets one of his first disciples, one of his earliest disciples. His name is Nathaniel. And as he's meeting Nathaniel, he's like, yeah, I saw you earlier today sitting under that tree. Nathaniel was like, whoa, you, you know stuff. Now, I have no idea what Nathaniel was doing under that tree. I don't want to know. Jesus knew. A little bit later, Jesus is traveling and he gets tired and he sits down by a well in Samaria. His disciples all go into town to grab lunch and they don't know what's going on. But they come back and Jesus is talking to a woman and Jesus knows. Jesus knows everything about her life. Jesus knows that she's had five husbands. 
and that the guy that she's living with right now is not her husband. And that was the first time they met. Jesus just knows stuff. He knows her. He knows her life. He knows her pain. He even, he even knows what she's ashamed of. Jesus knows. Earlier in the week, just before the events on, uh, you know, uh, as they're, you know, waving branches and everything else and putting them down on the, you know, street, crying out, King Jesus, King Jesus, save us, save us now. Just days before that, he's cruising through. He's just cruising through town and all of a sudden he stops, you know, uh, on his way out of Jericho and he walks over to a specific tree because Jesus just knows. And he looks up into that tree and he sees a man in the tree and he knows. He knows him by name. Zacchaeus, come on down. I need to have lunch at your house. Apparently, Jesus even knew that Zacchaeus had enough, you know, groceries at the house to like, you know, do lunch for him. I mean, if anybody, you know, like stopped me on the way out today, I, I'm just going to tell you, if you had asked me, hey, Pastor Jay, I need to have lunch over at your house. And I said, that is going to be a bummer because <laughs> I did not do any grocery shopping while Heidi was out of town this past week. <laughs> lunch at my house would be pretty lean. But Jesus just knows when he goes to that specific tree to that specific man, he knows his name, he knows he's got enough for lunch, and he knows what God is going to do in his life. Jesus knows. And so even right here, Jesus knows as they're traveling on their way up the mountainside, up to Jerusalem, he knows what's going to happen. He knows that in the next town up, there's a young donkey that's never been ridden before. A, how's he know that? I don't know, but he knows. He also knows what, what's going to happen when he sends his disciples to go get the donkey. He's like, here's the deal. Hey, go into the next town. Go out. You know, you're going to find a donkey. It's never been ridden. Again, he, the, the disciples don't even question him on that. Are you sure? How do you know it's never been ridden? They don't even ask. They're getting on board. They're believing in Jesus. Jesus even knows, hey, hey, when you take the donkey, you start untying it, somebody's going to be like, hey, why are you untying my donkey? All you got to do is just tell them the Lord needs it and everything will be cool. And sure enough, two disciples walk up. They find a donkey just as they enter into town. They're like, this must be the one. They untie it. And sure enough, just exactly what Jesus said actually happens. Hey, what are you doing untying my donkey? The Lord needs it. And then they're like, oh, okay. That's nuts. How does that happen? Jesus knows. Jesus knows. Jesus knows people. He knows what they're gonna, how they're going to respond. He knows what's been happening in their life. He knows their highs. He knows their lows. He knows their pain. And as we cruise through and we hear that Jesus knows. It reminds me. And it helps me realize. That Jesus knows me. 
And Jesus knows you. Jesus knows what's been going on in your life. Jesus knows your highs and Jesus knows your lows. Jesus knows your sin. Jesus knows what you're ashamed of or the guilt that you hold on to. Jesus knows. Jesus knows how you're going to respond after you're hearing this message. And Jesus knows. Jesus knows you personally. He knows you by name. And this is a huge encouragement to me because the God of the universe who sent his son to be a savior knows me and knows you. But I also find it incredibly challenging. You see, because Jesus does things perfectly. He does it the right way all the time. He just knows. And so if, so if God knows me perfectly, then God really knows me. He knows the me that I don't want any of you else, any of you to know. God knows. And if God knows me perfectly, and he knows what I've done, and he knows the me that I don't want other people to know, I have bad news for you, kind of. God knows you too. He knows you what you've said and what you've done, the thoughts and the intentions behind it. He knows you. And the good news is, he loves us anyways. Even in the midst of his perfect knowledge of us, he loves us. And so he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey that's never been ridden any, by anybody because he knows. He also is, has knowledge of the Old Testament. And as you read through the Old Testament, especially in the book of Judges, you'll see over and over and over again, a ruler or 30 rulers riding into town on donkeys. You see, they, people would ride horses on their way to war, but rulers ride donkeys on their way in to lead. And so Jesus rides a donkey that's never been ridden on a road covered in people's coats and palm branches, just paving the way for him, celebrating his coming. They are crying out, like quoting from Psalm 118, Hosanna, 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 which means save now, save now, save us today. And they call him the son of David and King David because they are all hoping that Jesus Christ is the promised king. Psalm 18, written approximately a thousand years before he rode in on that donkey. The prophecies that have been, that have, you know, that have been told for over 2,000 years are coming to fulfillment in Jesus Christ as he rides on this donkey. And the Pharisees 
true to form are objecting. And they're saying, hey, don't let your disciples talk like that. And Jesus like, well, if they stay quiet, even the rocks will start crying out. Jesus knows. And then as he crests the hill, as he crests the hill of the Mount of Olives, as he looks up at Jerusalem, he cries. Jesus weeps. As he looks at Jerusalem, because Jesus knows, Jesus knows what's about to happen. He's been talking about it all along the way in his journey. Jesus knows that this week is the week. That this is the week that he's been talking about from the very beginning, that he would be betrayed. Jesus knows that he will be betrayed. He knows who will do it. And he doesn't stop him. And Jesus knows that he's going to to be arrested and that there's going to be a false trial by the Jewish leaders who are just doing anything they can to hold on to their own power. And Jesus knows. Jesus knows that he is going to suffer at the hands of men. Jesus knows that many of the same people who are crying out, Hosanna, save me, will be the exact same ones who are crying out, crucify him, crucify him. Jesus knows. And as he looks up at Jerusalem, he weeps because he says, if only you had known, if only you had known that now the Savior, the Son of God was riding right into town in a donkey. If only you had known that now was the time that God is visiting his people. If only you had known that I'm the one, but he, Jesus knows that they will reject him. And that's why he weeps. Because he desires that everyone would know him. That's his heart. He loves. He knows us perfectly and he still loves us. And he weeps because the people of Jerusalem just don't know. And I wonder if he still weeps a little because there are still so many people who don't know. Who don't know Romans 11, verse 32 says, For God has consigned all to disobedience. Yep, he gets it. He's established the law. He knows that we will disobey. We cannot fulfill the law perfectly. So that he may have mercy on all. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable his ways. Who has known the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor or who has given God, given him a gift that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Jesus knows you and he loves you. 
He's glorious. And, and his, he gives his life for us because he knows that we need mercy. Second Corinthians reads, it's in chapter 2, starting in verse 14, reading in Jesus' name, because again, it's God's word, not mine. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. And to one, a fragrance from death to death and to the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men and women of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. You see, for each and every one of us who is believing in Jesus Christ, he knows. And he leads us in this triumphal procession Think of you and the kids with the palm branches just following Jesus in this triumphal procession. And as we go, you can just, people just know, they just smell Christ. They just smell Christ. It's just kind of like, I got, I got this cool little um, arrow garden. Uh, uh, Andrew and Crystal Rosen gave it to me. Huge props to Andrew and Crystal. And, and um, all I have to do is like brush past the basil in that little, little tiny little water garden. And, and all of a sudden, the entire room is smell, just filled with the smell of basil. I just have to brush past it. Maybe you'll have some Easter lilies in your house next week and you just come into the room and all of a sudden you're just going to be filled with this aroma. And that's how Christ uses you. That's how Christ uses you. He plants you in people's lives. You are the aroma of Christ. They just smell Christ on you. Because God knows. God knows us, and he loves us. And God knows the people who don't yet know him, and he loves them too. And so he is placing us in their lives so that they could smell Christ on us. Amen. Just smelling him. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for knowing us. Lord, it's hard to pray that for, it's hard for me to pray that sometimes. Thank you for knowing us. Because Lord, I realize that when, when I pray, thank you for knowing us, that means that you know stuff that I don't want anybody to know. And I confess to you, Lord, we confess to you together that we've said and thought and done some things that we don't want anybody to know about. And when we hear that you know, it's, we're ashamed. But instead of hiding, Lord, we're going to come to you right now and confess to you what you already know. Lord, we confess to you what you already know. We confess our sins and our failures. 
We confess to you the things that we're ashamed of. And we trust you. Because you've promised that as we confess to you, you will wash us clean. That even when we feel ashamed, you love us. You know. You know. You don't just know stuff about us, but you know us. And you love us deeply. You are the king. You are the only one who forgives us. So we worship you. And Lord, there are so many people who don't yet know you. If only they had known. If only they had known. So, Lord God, we ask you for opportunities to just rub shoulders with people who don't yet know you. We please use us as your fragrance of salvation, as your fragrance of Jesus Christ. And we cry out to you with the disciples who are on the streets with palm branches and coats on the road. Hosanna! Save us today. Save us now. And if you can use us to be a small part of someone's faith journey and their salvation, Lord, use us. Because you do know us. You love us. And we cannot wait to celebrate what you've done for us. Lord Jesus, thank you for knowing us and still loving us. Amen.